You are now listening to the smooth, mellifluous sounds of Red's Room Podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to episode number 13 of the Red's Room Podcast. I'm your host, Red. And I'm Jake. And today we are talking about the Rosicrucians. As always, our references are in the episode description. Please check those. Make sure we're not lying. Yeah, 100%. They're all down there. Otherwise, I'm going to start throwing in a random lie just to see if you guys check it. <laughs> yeah, no, just kidding. That would be common. <laughs> no. So, the Rosicrucians, who are they? Let's get a little bit of this backstory before we dive into the crazier things that we like to get into. So, Rosicrucianism is a spiritual and cultural movement that arose in Europe in the early 17th century after the publication of several texts announcing to the world a new esoteric order. Rosicrucianism is symbolized by the Rosy Cross or Rose Cross. The origins and teachings of the Rosicrucians are described in three anomalously published books that have been attributed to John Valentin um, Andre, a Lutheran theologian, a teacher who wrote the Utopian Treaties, Christianopolis, uh, the Fame Fraternis of the Meritorious Order of the Rosy Cross, and the Confession of the Rosicrucian Fraternity, sorry, one more, and the Chemical Marriage of Christian Rosencrux. Um, re- these recount the travels of Christian Rosencrooks, a putative founder of the group, who is now generally regarded as a fictional character. And I would say by the name Christian Rosencrooks, uh, founding the Rosicrucians, you gotta just assume that's fictional, right? Yeah, 100%. Like, there's certain things, other topics we've covered before, like some Plato stuff and... Like, you almost have to take some of the stuff more fictional, like you said, or uh, symbolically, which is a big thing in this conspiracy, or just just topic. Uh, Yeah, topic. There's some conspiracies tied to it. Yeah. But yeah, um, definitely. Yeah, Yeah. you got to read in between the lines, make your own opinion about it. There's definitely some metaphorical things, and it's done on purpose. I, I think 100%. A lot of it is done on purpose. Yeah, but I don't think that should take away from some of the cool ideas they have. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, I guess just to throw a little bit extra on here, like this whole Rosicrucian topic, like it is so mysterious and spiritual and just freaking religious, weird. Like it is a dense, weird topic, and it's going to be hard to do it justice, but I think we got a, we got a pretty good background here. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do our best. <laughs> yeah, that's the way I felt. I kind of felt like a fish out of water, but it's it's a it's a cool topic. Definitely. So Christian Rosen Crooks, um, if he was real, awesome name. Yeah. Um, but it's regarded fictional character rather than a real person. According to the books, Rosen Crooks was born in 1378 and lived for 106 years. Really good for back then. Yeah, pretty long life there, man. Yeah, in the 1300s? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. 
uh, that would be great for nowadays. Yeah. So after visiting the Middle East and North Africa in search of secret wisdom, good places to search, um, he returned to Germany and organized the Rosicrucian Order in 1403. He erected a sanctuary where he entombed, that he entombed after his death in 1484. The alleged discovery of the tomb 120 years later became the occasion for the public announcement of the order's existence. So the order was secret until then. But in this telling of the story, they didn't even talk about the order yet. I guess you got to go you got to dive into the books for that. So you can still buy these books and and read them to this day. Um I will link those. Yeah, the the manifestos are freaking yeah, manifestos. That's yeah. a good way to put it. And there's many books written about the Rosicrucians, and I'll try to link some things for you guys to check out if you want to dig deeper. What's crazy, too, about, like, when they first em- emerged, like, they were all, like you said before, anonymously, like, brought about. There was two versions, and then there was a third version released, and they were all anonymous. No one knows for sure who wrote them, where they came from, and... yeah. It's just alleged who wrote them. Yes, 100%. Uh, yeah, I like that. Like, anonymous just dropping these. <laughs> yeah. You get a live stream coming soon. Rosicrucians confirmed. Yeah, this is the version of anonymous back then. I like it. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like that just adds to the hype around them. Agreed, um, agreed. Let's dig a... Let, let me read a little more. We'll continue on a little bit here. So... The secretive nature of the early brotherhood, if it actually existed, would have made contact with it difficult. The combination of alchemy and mysticism associated with it, however, became quite influential. Rosicrucianism was attractive to many thinkers throughout Europe, possibly including the English philosopher and scientist Francis Bacon, uh, name drop, It declined dramatically in the 18th century, however, a victim of the skepticism and rationalism of the Enlightenment. That darn Enlightenment, killing all the fun. Though some Rosicrucian ideas survived in speculative Freemasonry. Yeah, that's a big, a big thing right there where it was almost like, guess you could say the or like this is how freemasonry became a thing like some people say it's how yeah. free freemasonry started but man i don't know it's hard to trace it is it's totally hard to tell and that's what both makes me interested and pisses me off about this whole rosicrucian topic is like you really don't know for sure man yeah there's no way to know also the whole thing about the uh early brotherhood like, there's no way, at least something I thought about in video that I watched, and this was, this had, this shit had to have been written by, like, a group of people in secret. At least that's the way I want to think about mm-hmm. it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't have the conclusion that this stuff was written by one guy. Like, there's no way. I don't know. But that's also the thing, too. Maybe it was. Maybe it was all made up by Francis Bacon. <laughs> yeah, maybe. He's a polymath. <laughs> reptilian alien yeah maybe no, a, yeah i don't know maybe a reptile did write it but but yeah uh pretty pretty deep stuff it's mm-hmm. it, it's impressive uh whoever this christian rosen crooks uh 
may or may not have been or the group that created him. Yeah, like a secret society. I, and we'll get more into that, too. The uh, We'll get some more details about this group of the Rosicrucians. Mm-hmm. And, There's uh, a bunch of theories about them. But that was the basic the basic story and overview of what they are 100 percent. so let's talk about this so when if you were living in that time all these books dropped and there was all this hype around the rosicrucians kind of how it was received um so the manifestos were and continue to be not taken literally by by many, but rather regarded as hoaxes or allegorical allegorical statements, like we said, like metaphorical. Allegorical is much probably a better term. Yeah, you know we're we're just we just got high school diplomas here. We're doing <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, they state we speak unto you by parables, but would willingly bring you to the right, simple, easy, and ingenuous exposition understanding, declaration, and knowledge of all secrets, end quote. That's what they state. Yeah, that was, that was pretty dense. So the first Rosicrucian manifesto was influenced by the work of the respected hermetic philosopher Heinrich Kienrath of Hamburg, author of the Amphitrum Sapiens, something i don't know almost <laughs> sounds latin yeah sorry I, i'm butchering that i'm doing my best uh who was in turn influenced by john d author of the monis hieroglyphica the invitation to the royal wedding and the chemical wedding of christian rosencrooks opens with d's philosophical key the monis hieroglyphica symbol the writer also claimed the brotherhood possessed a book that resembled the works of Paracelsus, a Swiss physician and alchemist. So there's some borrowed things here in um, these texts about uh, the Rosicrucians. John Dee, very big, um, very well-known alchemist and occultist. Um, So they're borrowing from him, and then they're borrowing from this other famous physician and alchemist, I'm sure I'm screwing up his name. Paracelsus? Uh, Paracelsus. Paracelsus. That sounds more right. That's how I would say it. Um, so. Also, you know, something weird I found? If you scroll up and look, Rosencruz's last name, I've seen it been spelled with a T-Z and then without the T. Did you notice that? I think it's just because it's German. Yeah, I, I guess so. But Because I wrote it down looking through a few sources, and some spelled it with the T, and some spelled it without. So it's just... Yeah, I, it was just weird s- to me. You'll also see the rosy cross and rosy cross yeah. and stuff spelled differently. One hundred percent. I think we got we got a combination of um, of different languages and different times. I mean, yeah, a different because some of this almost sounds Latin, and then mm-hmm. German. You got German, Latin mixed in there, and if they are tapping into alchemical things, then. There's probably other older languages mixed in there. By the way, they, they have to be tapping into other Oh, definitely. Like, they seem to be, yeah. uh, you know, they seem to be all definitely into alchemy. So 100%. It, it's pretty cool, man. It's just, it's so mysterious. Like, I, I really don't know. We'll get into it later. I don't really know fully what to see, but fully what to think. But 
keep on track here. Keep trying to right. get more info. Definitely. So we talked about, we kind of touched on masonry. So um, there are uh, rose cross degrees in masonry. So let me just read this paragraph here. According to John Perrier uh, Bayard, two Rosicrucian-inspired Masonic rites emerged towards the end of the 18th century. The rectified Scottish rite, widespread in Central Europe, where there was a strong presence of the, quote, golden and rosy cross, end quote. And the ancient and accepted Scottish rite, first practiced in France, in which the 18th degree is called Knight of the Rose Crocs. So, it's basically saying here that the Masons in the Scottish Rite have degrees, have things in, around about the Rosicrucians. They have, they have shit in common. Yeah, they, they have rights directly about them and inspired by them. By Rosicrucians. So they're connected. I don't know the full extent of their connection, but it's but it exists. I yeah. think that's all we can say from that. Like this is just the freaking yeah. hole of conspiracy theories. Like everything's in there, man. Yeah. So the Scottish Rite, which they go up to thirty-three degrees, um, their eighteenth degree is the Rose Crocs. Rosie uh, Cross sound familiar? Yep. Little bit of information. We're gonna probably tie back to that later so now we're going to get into what i think me and jake both have been waiting to get into yeah so this goes back to episode one the yes. book of cult theocracy it's super cool we got to use this again yes thank you yeah who has listened to us after episode one i know we did it blocky we've come a long way um so still got more cult go. theocracy we still feel strongly about it's a great book yeah and it talks about the Rosicrucians. Of course it does. There's a chapter on there, and it's, it's decently lengthy. Uh, there's some cool insights, some good quotes. So, so Red, Red went pretty good into this. So, so we're excited to share with you guys what, um, what it says about them. So I'm going to read to you uh, some of it that I've taken from there so we can talk about this. So here we go. <clears throat> In occult theocracy, Lady Queensborough writes this about the Rosicrucians after citing their reference in the Encyclopedia Britannica, 3rd edition, volume 16, 1797. Dude, you, I... Whew, it, that's an old one. Yeah, I... Like, it's crazy, Britannica. Like, it goes back, man. man. Britannica's... I want to get an old set of Britannica's Dude, just to have. I never even thought about that. That would be pretty dope. Like, you probably yeah. couldn't really read them, <laughs> but... You know, I never thought of that. You you yeah. haven't come up with the generation. I, I might be the last generation. I came up with... We had encyclopedias. Yeah. Because we, we were pre-internet. We had... The, I mean, yeah. Yeah, true. When I was young, we had dictionaries, the, the sources, but... Britannica, yeah. it was it was an online thing. Like yeah, dude, went, we yeah. had a whole bookshelf you had just for the encyclopedia that you'd have to like if you had yeah. a book report in school, you'd have to go look at the encyclopedia and whatever. If it only had two paragraphs, that's all you had to go. Yeah, on. that's all you got. Yeah, that it, was it, dude. Yeah, I don't think I ever did grow up with physical copies of Britannica. I might yeah. be not remember, but I think they were done at yeah. that point. It was all online. And just reading this, yeah, I'm gonna have to get an old set. So. Yeah. 
Lady Queensboro is going off of it, and and uh, she quotes that to start. And then after quoting the encyclopedia, this is what she has to say, okay? Quote, This article, having been written in 1747, only hinted at what the Rose Crocs might have been. Subsequent research upon the organization of the fraternity, its tenets, and its achievements show it to have been a medium for the propagation of Gnosticism and a center for political activities. Before is conquered, before its conquered Freemasonry, which was officially instituted in 1770, many names were already associated intimately with this esoteric organization. End quote. So, I like what she has to say there, and I like how she ties it to the propagation of Gnosticism. It's very interesting, and I think for anyone who's familiar, that is going to tie a lot of their um, ideas and beliefs um, to their organization. I think that's a big, a big uh, pointer, a big flag there for you to follow. Yeah, uh- it's honestly, it's it's kind of hard to follow along sometimes. Like that is super dense. Uh, yeah. But it is really crazy. Like we've already gotten along. We talked. Like the connections are crazy. Like the birth of many things after. How, where did Rosicrucianism uh, come mm-hmm. from? Like, you know, there's a bunch of different connections you can make. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. So. Let's continue with the cult theocracy. We're only just started on that. So after that, she's only talked about the encyclopedia. She's made that comment. Now she goes on to list many names of Rosicrucians um, in an explanation of the members being alchemists, astrologers, and spiritists whose quest for, she describes it, but to me, she's describing the philosopher's stone. Yes, that connection is made to, and it's pretty cool. So it sounds like the Rosicrucians are an order built around searching for the Philosopher's Stone. Dude, that's... I feel like... Like, how can the stakes get any higher, man? It's, it's <laughs> cool. Yeah, it is cool. So she says to most of these, um, quote, generation was the root principle of alchemy, end quote. I thought that was a cool sentence. Yeah. Generation, the root principle of alchemy. I don't know what exactly that means, but it's interesting. Yeah. I, just, I feel like I'm too low IQ for this topic, but <laughs> I feel like I want to know more around that quote and the context mm-hmm. of it. So she goes on from there. She goes on to cite um, an account of the legend of Christian Rosencrooks according to Charles T. Mack. Klinakin? Klinakin? Klinakin. Klinakin. Okay. 33rd degree historian, Grand Lodge, State of New York. I'm assuming he's a Mason and Scottish Rite member if he's a 33rd degree. So, much of the legend is the same of what we cited earlier, so I cut a lot of it out. But she has more details, or he, rather... Uh, who, who she's quoting has more details about it. Uh, so I'm going to read you some of this uh, word for word, okay? <sighs> Excuse me. So, quote, On entering, great was their surprise to find it was resplendent with a bright light. This is, I'm sorry, 
end quote. I'm sorry. I, I should have gave you some context here. This is when um, some men, they find the cave uh, where Rosencrooks is like entombed in after he died. It said that it would be found, uh, if you're, I don't know if you recall earlier, it said it would be found 120 years later. Yeah. So this is them finding it 120 years later. Supposedly. Yes. Sorry, I should have started with that. So let's start over. Uh, quote, on entering, great was their surprise to find it resplendent with a bright light. It contained an altar bearing upon a copper plate, the inscription, living, I reserve this light for my grave. One mysterious figure... Uh, which I think is referring to a statue, <clears throat> was accompanied by this epigram, never vacant. A second figure with the inscription, the yoke of the law, a third figure with the liberty of the gospels, and a fourth with the glory of the whole God. The hall still contained lamps burning with fuel, mirrors of various shapes and books upon the wall was written in six times 20 years i will be discovered the prophecy was fulfilled adds the fable by way of conclusion end quote that's the story dude it's like a it's like an egyptian like mummy tomb like there's freaking artifacts and quotes and yes dude like that is freaking weird. I know it. It's like Aragorn yeah, stepping dude, in. I was gonna say Lord of the Rings. Yeah, like, it's swear. like him stepping in and making all the ghost armies like withhold their oath. Yeah, dude, it is like it is totally a movie. Like it's like they step in, see all this. There's <laughs> there's light in this cave for no reason with yeah. these statues with I'm all these that- cool things written on them. And then it says six times twenty years I will be discovered. And they're like, oh my god, it's he died here 120 years later, and we just found it. Yeah, perfect timing, just by fate. We're here. We get in, dude. Like so, this is why this thing is all just. I think allegorical and metaphorical. Yeah, like, <laughs> I feel you definitely like, can't take. I want to take it literally. I want to. The, the kind of guy I am, like, dude, like, it would be awesome. I wish that was totally real. Maybe it is. Doesn't seem like it. It's but, just way too cool to be true. Yeah, right? I mean, everyone. If you had, like, your mom would tell you, you know, if it's too good to be true. Probably is, and that's probably the scenario we're in here. But regardless, it's still interesting, and there's probably ways you can unpack this and get, you know answers or more info or mm-hmm. probably more questions at the end of the day but yeah probably it, it's it's fucking cool man okay so after she does that <laughs> she did the britannica she gives the 33rd degree story then she eventually recounts that the seven who appear to run the brotherhood of the rose crocs so I guess seven people are in charge. Um, they decide to maintain the strictest secrecy for a hundred years, uh, referring to themselves as the Invisibles. Yeah. Um, for some reason, they have an oath to destroy the Church of Jesus Christ and decree that in the year 1770, it would transform the fraternity into association which could carry on a more or less open propaganda to do so. She finishes her chapter on the Rosicrucians talking about different prominent members of the group and prominent Masons who are a part of the group. Okay, that's what she had to say. I found it very 
this last thing I found super interesting. So I, in other readings, I hadn't heard anyone, anyone else refer to that they were out to destroy the Church of Jesus Christ and that they were sworn to do so. That's weird. Yeah. So this book, if y'all, like we were saying, you watched the first episode, like this book, like you, just like this whole topic, like you can't take everything 100%. Like, and you can tell she doesn't know either. She's given different things she found, different yeah, sources. Different references. Yeah. yeah. But I agree with the, the websites and the videos I watched. I didn't hear or see anything uh, about destroying the Church of Jesus Christ. Uh, but, I mean, it's it's a cool insight, I guess. Yeah, and I think, I think I know what they mean by it in context. Do you? I do. I, I want to talk about that more at the end. Okay. But um, it is, it's weird. And, yeah, I like that she has a little more insight uh, that we may not have had. I mean, you know, she was around in a little bit older time and maybe had a little bit different view, maybe a little bit different resources than uh, you can find on the Internet these yeah. days. By so. the way, I, I feel like, I don't know if we've mentioned her name. We're talking about Edith Starr Miller. That is the uh, yeah, author. That, that is who Lady Queensboro is. Yes. Um, so, yeah, that's what she had to say. Um, now, the last thing I have to talk about uh, reference to here about them is the modern Rosicrucian groups because there are modern groups that, that uh, to this day you can go and join. So uh, in the 19th century, uh, new Rosicrucian societies appeared as part of a general occult revival that took place in Europe and the United States. Yeah, because they were saying it, it died down pretty good in the, the 18th century, end of 17th yeah apparently yeah and then it it came back some people found the books yeah or there was some floating around and i don't i don't know what made that happen but yeah so uh the first the rosicrucian fraternity was established in san francisco in 1858 by the american spiritualist and abolitionist pascal beverly randolph uh, several groups, such as the Societas Rosicruciana in Anglia and the Societas Rosicruciana in... Oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, this is a I tough one. say that. You want me to try it? Go ahead. Go for it. Civi Tatabus? Okay. Kivi Tatabus? I don't know, man. That's a tough Civi one. Civi Tatabus? <laughs> yeah. And there's more. Fodratus. I like that. Uh, founded in England in 1866 and 1880, respectively, emerged out of Freemasonry. Um, the two most successful modern Rosicrucian organizations were established in the 20th century. The ancient mystical order Rose uh, Cru Crucis, or Amork, was founded in New York City in 1950, 1915, by H. Spencer Lewis, uh, claiming that he had learned the teachings of the order from European Rosicrucians. Lewis attracted new members from around the world by distributing his teachings in mail-order lessons. Regarding Egypt as the cradle of Rosicrucian wisdom, he subsided the creation of a highly acclaimed Egyptian museum and the group's headquarters in San Jose, California. So that's it for the modern Rosicrucians. You can still Google these and find them on the internet, by the way. They're still alive and kicking and around. 
Dude. You can join them right now and start learning their secrets. It's pretty cool that it's around today. And also, the amount of times I've heard Freemasonry in these, you know, from our sources, like, dude, they definitely got it from the Rosicrucians. Like, you think they got it from the Rosicrucians? I mean, at least part of it. Or did the Rosicrucians come about and then tie themselves there maybe, just maybe to that's give themselves so. some validity? I mean, it's possible. I don't know. Both are possible. Yeah. The way you put it that way, there, there's no way. Say, uh, I guess what I, I should have said is they're definitely tied together. They are 100%. definitely intertwined. 100%. I will agree with that for sure. Um, I guess now that we got some of the more, I don't know, I guess. The denser part. The denser, the, yeah. the more structured part of the podcast out of the way. You know I got to have my little weird part at the end. Uh, I guess I'll stay a little better. I'll start with the uh, the whole rose cross in itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead and do yourself a favor and just look up a photo. It's a just so you, just so you see what it looks like. But uh, I wanted to get into the idea of like what what is the rose cross? And you know, at the mm-hmm. end of the day, I I have no idea. <laughs> but I have a few, especially going on the wiki and just and just thinking about it. But here are the few different uh, quotes that I got from the wiki of what different people think it represents. Uh, one of the first ones is uh, the cross represents the human body, and the rose represents the individual's un- unfolding consciousness. Okay. So that is the uh, that is the first one I found. Uh, another one I found is that uh, others believe that the rose represents silence, while the cross signifies salvation. Uh, another one I found is others believe the rosy cross as a reproduction ele- or sorry butchered that a little bit. Others believe the rosy cross as a symbol of the human process of reproduction elevated to the spiritual. So, just okay. super... Just like, what the hell does any of this mean? What, what do you, you think it represents? Um... I guess it... The whole... You know, I guess I'm boiling it down, but spirituality and just maybe a hope, I guess, is what I kind of okay. see it as. Like, it's a it's a cool symbol and just how everyone says it about human or uh, reproduction and consciousness and individuals and the the word salvation like I get uh, spiritual you know higher power vibes off of it I guess Definitely. I would say yeah like right. Optimus Prime yeah <laughs> well, do, <laughs> do you get anything out of those like I do and I have been dying to give my thoughts on this do it this is prime time okay. right here. So now I can tie back to what I think they mean by they're against the Church of Jesus Christ. I don't think they're against Jesus Christ's teachings. I agree. I think they're against the Church and its idea of what Jesus Christ's teachings mean. That's what I think. Okay. So I think it's all said in their, um, their... what they have chosen to be their logo, the cross with the rose at the center of it. Yeah, with the, I mean, the cross, I mean, that for sure. Um, so I think this ties into other, like, uh, I guess you would call esoteric and, like I said earlier, Gnostic teachings. Gnostic teachings, I think, have a big part of this. So I think... Um, what this is about, and this is my, we're back, we're on to our opinions now. Yes. We did, we read all the facts. I'm into my opinions. What I think, I think what they are talking about or what they think that is and what, uh, even ties into what they think the philosopher's stone is. They talk about that, right? They're, they're in search of that. 100%. Um, 
I think that they are talking about there is an interpretation of um, Jesus Christ in the Bible in a uh, uh, a non literal sense, saying that it's all metaphorical um, of Jesus, his life. The reason of him being thirty-three years old, the reason that the um, the Masons, the um, Scottish Rite, have thirty-three degrees, um, has to do with a esoteric teaching that in our body we have thirty-three vertebrae in our spine, and I think this all ties into opening your pineal gland, which I think is represented by the rose. So I think they're saying that the story of Jesus Christ, which is why they have the cross, I think they're saying that that is a story that is teaching you how to open your pineal gland, which is represented by the rose. Can we get a little round of applause for Red's observation there? I don't know if I'm right. But dude, <laughs> uh, I was talking to Red earlier today, and, uh-huh. and he, you know, you, you said something like that, and I was like, dude, write that shit down now. Like, <laughs> yeah. that was a dope insight, and, like, if... You know, like anything in this topic, like you can't take right. anything for sure, but you know, that insight, I, so I think it ties into with a, um, when we, when in our podcast about the philosopher's stone, we talked about that there was this idea of that alchemy, the physical part of alchemy was made to be a distraction and that really the spiritual part of alchemy, that's the real shit is the real part of alchemy in that the philosopher's stone really is a personal thing where you need to spiritually uh, bring yourself to a form of enlightenment. And a mm. lot of people believe that to become enlightened means you have to open your pineal gland. Yes. And on the, the wiki that we have linked down below about the, the Rose Cross, mm-hmm. like one of the last parts of one of the sections is saying that the Rose Cross could be a symbol of the philosopher's stone. Which I which I think it is in that context. Yes, in that context, it, it makes so much sense to me. I know me saying earlier about different beliefs about it. It's kind of dry, but it's like, who knows? Like we, I don't think we'll really know for sure. And right. I think that comes into how, honestly, how you made your own interpretation on it, and how you kind of ask me. Like maybe that is kind of the point of it. Maybe maybe the whole point is, you know, I may maybe a whole part of it is that to reach enlightenment is that you have to seek it and find it that the knowledge isn't easily accessible yeah 100 i I, it it, maybe yeah i with all the stuff we've covered here i it makes sense to me yeah i don't i I don't know i'm not enlightened i'd like to (laughs) i if i ever become i will gladly share it with everyone yeah we'll let you know if either of us become enlightened but uh, I guess just a segue, just little, you know, farting around, just weird shit I found. Yeah, I got some more cool stuff uh, on the Rosicrucians. Some people believe that they're possible descendants of the Knights Templar. Of course. Which is maybe a topic we'll have to cover at some point. But Oh, definitely. Yeah, but th- I just thought that was cool. I didn't find a ton of information. I'm not going to act like I researched it thoroughly, but that is something I, I found. Um, and this is something that we'll segue into later in another podcast, but... Mm-hmm. Some believe that Christian Rosencruz, uh is uh, a represent or is Saint Germain. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, people make that connection. Think about that. I'm like, surprised they haven't made him their own, his own ascended master. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You'd think they'd keep him his own thing, but so we'll 
we're going to have to get tied to that more in another podcast. Mm-hmm. I, that's interesting, though. And I guess to finish it off for me, uh, just some funny shit. When I uh, looked up Rosicrucian on YouTube, the first thing that pops up, I, I screenshotted it, was an ad for Christian missionaries. And I just thought that was a funny little add-in. Like, oh, well, they're doing a, a bad job of overthrowing the Church of Jesus Christ. Then, yeah. yeah. yeah it's so interesting. I just thought it was cool. Like, it was literally, I mean, the first ad, I guess, Rosicrucian just connects into religion topics and stuff like that. So I get right. it. But I just, it was just funny. Like, the first fucking thing was Christian missionaries. <laughs> Which, by the way, we we are not in no way. No, I don't want to uh, shit on any of that. We yeah. well, I'm just saying we're in no yeah. way talking down on the Church of Jesus Christ or anyone who believes. No, in it. this is all just about this topic. And we we said it earlier, like you yeah. you said up front that you don't believe that one of the objectives was to overthrow the. the no, tr- yeah, yeah, I don't, and I don't. I, yeah, I I just mean this is just informative about this group. Yeah, and is is all these this these thoughts here? I feel like I was gonna tell you this so. a- after this read, but you totally carried this podcast, and it was really cool to hear you talk about it. And oh, thanks. Uh, but you know, this one overall, it, it's just hard for me to wrap my head around. And it's, I think it's hard for a lot of people to wrap their head around. I think that's why there's so many ideas about it. Yeah, and uh, I'm sorry for me thinking earlier when when Red asked me what do you think about the Rosie Cross. You know, I kind of thought about it, but. Yeah, it's hard for me to say anything. That's why I wrote down some of the few different ideas. I yeah. don't. I don't know. I think it's just one of those things that everyone wants to know more. And they've kept it yeah. vague enough. You know, they made it interesting enough, and then kept it vague enough that we all want to know more. Like, what are you talking about exactly? And what does it all mean? You know, that's kind of the cool part about it. It uh, leaves me wanting more, but it also leaves me being, you know, kind of okay with the curiosity. Like. Right. Make your own thought about it. Don't make your own thought about it. Just is it somewhere in between? Is it none of this at all? I don't know. I think basically back then, whoever wrote the books, I think the whole idea was was to make you think. And I don't think it was ever meant for uh, you to literally think that there was a actual um, order of the Rosicrucians, uh, a physical one. I think that it's just supposed to be like a spiritual one, and you were supposed to spiritually on yourself have your own journey as through the ideas of the rosicrucianism i i think i agree i agree the only thing that still trips me up is that these manifestos and other these other they were written by someone or uh or, or a, several people a, several people unless they fucking drop down from the sky from god but right uh that's the one part that still leaves me like you know who who wrote it you never know you just never know we don't know. There's ideas around that, and it's too old and too obscure to know. But uh, whoever did it did an awesome job. So thanks. Yeah, totally. They did, <laughs> right? they did a great I job. I don't know what else to say about it. So yeah, that's I about think, it for me, man. Yeah, I think we covered the Rosicrucians uh, as decent as we like to cover topics. So um, we. This is the part where I give the shameless plug that we have a merch store. Uh, so please uh, buy everything from there. <laughs> um, you know, mortgage your house and just buy 1,000 shirts and sweatshirts. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, if you buy some, we appreciate it. And uh, if not, we just appreciate you guys listening. And we hope you find this stuff as interesting as us. Um, I will say that uh, uh, I am setting us up a Twitter. 
so that we can uh, communicate with you guys. If you guys want to give us any messages and tell us we suck. Oh, I like this. I didn't know, even know this yet. If yeah. randomly you want to tell us you like us, that's great. I expect them to be mostly negative. But, hey, we're going out there with positive energy. We appreciate everything. So, you got anything else to say, Jake? Um, I guess the only thing I'll have to say is because of Lord e- Elon, I guess it's X now. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's so weird. Like you X gotta to remember the that. Exhibit. But yeah, I don't have much else to say. It was it was a fun podcast. I, I honestly I could have done a better job. I just you did all right. Don't be so hard on yourself. Yeah, but like it, it's really that's about it, man. Yeah. Obscure topic. So hey, thanks for living it. Living. Uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. This is Red. This is Jake. <laughs>